It's Memorial Tournament Week, one of my favorite weeks of the year. The field is fantastic, and as expected, the PGA Tour Live pairings are off the charts. Kevin Kisner, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, William McGirt, and Phil Mickelson on Thursday. Ricky Fowler, Hideki Matsuyama, John Rahm, Siwoo Kim, Jason Day, and Adam Scott on Friday. Log on to PGATour.com and sign up for PGA Tour Live now. A reminder, there's still time for our U.S. and Canadian listeners to log on to CallawayGolf.com slash EpicScotland to register for our giveaway round-trip flight to Scotland, some of the most incredible golf in the world, and a spot in the Scottish Open Pro-Am with a leading Callaway player. Log on and register today. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Yeah! Ronnie, that's... Better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. I'm Chris Solomon. Joined with me today uh, here at the Memorial Tournament, Jason Duffner, uh, four time PGA Tour winner, winner of the 2013 PGA Championship. What's going on, Duff? How are we doing? Not much. Not much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, for, is this podcast virginity? Have you ever done a podcast no, before? No, this is the first one, so uh, you're popping my podcast cherry, <laughs> as they re- would say. I'm not sure if you're aware of what you've locked yourself into, <laughs> but I uh, want to talk a bit about golf to begin with. Um, Muirfield Memorial Tournament is it, it's an event that I hold very dear to my heart. I grew up going to this tournament. I asked when I was a kid. I never really fully understood how good of a golf course it was and how good of a tournament it was because it was the only one I knew. For you, as a, as a PGA Tour stop, where does this course rate as far as like conditioning of a course you play? Yeah, I mean this one's up there. Um, you know, there's a lot of things they do right uh, with this event here in Columbus. Um, Mr. Nicholas has been around a lot of events, and um, he might not tell you that but I think he kind of mirrors it a little bit after uh, the Masters over there in Augusta. So it kind of has that feel. They treat us real nice here. The locker room's great. Uh, The golf course is great. The condition of the golf course is always spectacular. Uh, Occasionally we have some weather issues, um, but you can't control that. But um, it's one of my, you know, higher up there on the list tournaments. Um, No milkshake mention. Yeah, the milkshakes are good, but I'm I'm not a big dairy guy, okay. so uh, the milkshakes tear me up a little bit. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I might have you get me one then. So, this week, um, but. <laughs> but it's a fun week, you know. I'm from Cleveland originally, so um, try to come back and play in Ohio. And I haven't had the best results here. I've had a couple of good finishes, but um, it's definitely one you look forward to. Uh, That's what I was going to ask next. Is what for? Does this type of place fit your style of play? Is it a course that you maybe wouldn't prefer just based on on your style of play? Yeah, I think I've had some good finishes. One year I was leading, I think, after 36. Um, It's a little bit big for me. Um, I'd prefer to see a little bit tighter off the tee. um, Takes away your advantage a little bit. Yeah, a little bit with that. um, distance can be a factor on this golf course, guys, uh, going into these smaller targets. The greens in general are big, but where we're trying to hit it yeah. is pretty tight and narrow in some spots. So me trying to fit seven and eight irons into the, some of those spots can be a little bit more difficult than some of the guys with the nine irons and the wedges. But um, I enjoy the challenge. It's a tough golf course. Uh, hopefully this wind that we had today will go away because that makes it even more difficult. Um, but, you know, it's a good week. I like playing. It's good, good field which I kind of look at too. Um, love playing against the best in the world, yeah. and 
we got the best in the world here this week. When you say you look for a good field, does that matter to you, like from an official World Golf rankings point, or just more from a competitive nature? Just standpoint? a competitive yeah. nature. You know, I want to play against the best in the world and see where I stack up. Yeah. Um, those events to me are the ones that mean the most. And most of the time, that's the majors, World Golf events. Um, but there's a handful of PGA Tour events, maybe you know five to ten, where we get you know eight, nine, ten guys that are top ten in the world, or you get forty or forty-five of the top fifty in the world that are playing that week. Um, and that kind of shows kind of where you're at. This is the best of the best. Um, I like to think that every week on the PGA Tour, the winner of that event was the best in the world that week because we're playing on the best tour. Um, so when you have those types of fields and those types of players yeah. um, you play well and maybe you sneak a win out and you feel pretty good about where you're at yeah I find your career progression to be pretty fascinating um, and overall I I, I, I want to know what's your confidence level like when you show up at a tournament in 2017 compared to like say 2015 which was not a great year for you and compared to 2013 which was a great year for you 2011 was kind of when you were evolving and coming into the you know the player that you've been for the past six six or seven years what 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 where does your confidence rank now compared to some of your worst times and some of your best times? Yeah, I think um, now I'm in a pretty good spot. I've had a pretty good year last year. Um, this year's been pretty good. I've made a lot of cuts, had a lot of top 25s, been close. Um, but it kind of goes back to the progression of my career. It was a little bit different than a lot of the guys that people are focusing on now on the tour. Um, seems like now you're seeing a lot of young guys with a lot of success early, and I didn't have that. It took me a long time to get on the PGA Tour um, and stay out here. It took me a long time to win. Um, but it all kind of came quick there in 11, 12, 13. Um, and it was a weird situation for me because when I look back on it, I kind of had accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish in a two-year period. Yeah. Um, it took me a long time to get there. Yeah. But after the win of the PGA and all that dies down, I'm just kind of standing there, sitting there, thinking, well... What's next? What's next? Yeah. Because I've done everything I wanted to do in this game. And that was an adjustment for me. Um, and probably wasn't as motivated as yeah. I had been in the past um, because I had accomplished everything. It's like, uh, you know, not many people get to accomplish everything they want to do in their career yeah. at 35. Right. Um, you I, know, I, I mean, that, I, would, I would imagine, like... And that's a for, weird position yeah, to be in. Yeah, I know. And especially, <laughs> and I, and I want to know, like, for how long it took you to break through, did your your own in your head, what you thought, thought of your ceiling ever fall to the point where what you did actually exceeded what you thought you were maybe capable of three years before you won the PGA? Um, no, I don't think that. No. It just, you know, I, I, I had to figure out new ways to get motivated. Yeah. I had to figure out what's my purpose for doing this because it was always play the PGA Tour, to win on the PGA Tour, to win a major, and then all of a sudden I did it. I never had these thoughts of, I want to win 10 tournaments, I want to win every major. It never got to that point with me. Yeah. I had already accomplished these things, so I had to find out new ways to get motivated. Hmm. I had to find out new ways to push myself, um, and I think last year was nice. Um, I was able to win again, so that was one of the things I kind of checked off the box. I made it back to the Tour Championship, um, but now, like, I kind of play out of the position of pride and not so much like that I want to be better than these guys or I'm proud because I'm the fourth best golfer in the world or whatever it might be. Just from the standpoint of I had a lot of pride in what I do. This is what I'm doing right now with my life. So I want to, you know, be successful. And, and that's my motivation now is to have pride in what I do um, when I'm on tour, work hard. 
practice hard, do the things I need to do to play well, and have pride in that. And that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I still have some things I think I can accomplish in the game. I'm getting a little bit older. <laughs> the game seems to be getting younger and younger. Uh, it seems like a young man's game at times. But I still think I can win out here. I still think I can be competitive in majors. Um, and I also think I can still make some money doing it. Yeah. And that's not all that bad. You know, success is a little bit different for everybody out here. Um, everybody has this model in their head that, well, this is what a successful PGA Tour player should be and do and how they should act and all these different yeah. things. But it's different for a lot of guys out here. A lot of us are very fortunate to do this for a living. And some guys being successful is making, you know, a million or a million and a half bucks and finishing 80th on the money list. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and to some guys success is winning multiple times and being you know top 10 in the world so those things have changed and i'm okay with it and you know i'm still doing this i don't know how long i want to do this for i'm not a golf junkie no Um, not a golf nut not a golf nut all right no um i enjoy the game i enjoy the profession you don't crave it like if you're not on the course you're not craving to be out there it's not uncommon for me to take a week off and not touch a golf club yeah I think I mean that's that's your awareness of that is important. I think because a lot of players, professional and amateurs, get burnt out thinking they need to be at the course all the time. But if you're aware that you know you you need to put the clubs away for a week, and, I think that yeah, and sometimes helps. it helps me. Yeah, you know, it, it, I think it helps me more than it hurts me. Uh, here recently, I think it's hurt me. I played pretty good there uh, through through New Orleans. Took a, a complete week off and. Fell flat on my face at the play. That's funny because I was I was going to ask you. I was going to say if I asked you how many cuts have you missed in the last year. And when I wrote the question, the yeah. question's different because you missed the cut last week. Yeah. But could you tell? Like, do you follow? Like, how closely do you follow that? Could you tell me how many cuts you've missed in the last? Yeah, I know when I make cuts and twelve don't make months. Cuts. I Cause, mean, because yeah, you had missed one in the last yeah, year before that's, that. That's part of being a professional is being out here making money. So God. to me, the hardest thing, the hardest thing for me as a professional golfer is missing cuts. Right at the end you know I, I love to compete i love to try and win tournaments but i know if i'm not yeah. playing on saturday and sunday i'm not getting paid and that's, that's not any fun that's the polar opposite answer i got from matt every he was like if i'm not winning i don't care i don't yeah. care if i'm missing cuts so that's interesting perspective um I, i'm sure you get this a, a bit but you kind of you have a reputation as being a, a bit of an emotionless player or the, the 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 appearance on television or whatnot can seem like you know you're you're never nervous you're never too overly excited is that is that a facade? Is that is that a true reflection of, of how you play the game, or is this something you intentionally do to no, kind of zone? No, I think that's just how I am. Just how you are. I'm that way uh, with everything in life. Um, people think I don't have much emotion. I'm kind of um, just out there flatlining. But part of the thing is like when I'm on the tour and playing tournaments, like playing tournament golf is tough for me. It's hard. It's not easy, physically, mentally, and I feel like for me to have my best chance that's where I need to be I need to be focused and locked in and I don't want to get so high and so low and have all these emotions and um some guys can do it and and that's the you know what's different about everybody on the PGA Tour for me it's just to be kind of chill and relaxed and I know at times it looks like I don't care or I'm not you know excited or disappointed but being out here playing is is difficult for me it's hard um on a mental side, it's hard. On an emotional side, do you just mean from the crowds or just the challenge just or the all pressure? Of all of it together. Yeah, yeah. it's not easy yeah. for me. Some guys say, "Yeah, it's easy. It's fun. Mm. I enjoy it." But for me, playing professional golf is hard. I have to work hard at it. I have to be on top of my things physically. I have to be on top of the thoughts that I'm having mentally. Mm. Um, my mind tends to drift and float 
whether it be good things or bad things or uh, what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> I mean, Cavs game. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why I walk so slow is because if I get up to the ball and I got to wait there for five minutes, it's not good. I'm going to think about 12 different shots <laughs> that I can hit in that situation because, yeah. you know, we can hit all kinds of different shots and then who knows if I'll pick the right one. Right. You know, everybody's like, why does it take you so long to get to the ball? Why are you walking? So-? Like, I'm trying to pace myself so that by the time I get there, I'll have one thought and go with it. I have a lot of different thoughts and. Sometimes it's hard for me to really focus on what I'm doing, you know. Um, so it's hard for me, and, and I think that plays out in this exterior facade that people see, and, and they think it's all these things, but that's just how I yeah. kind of deal with the stress. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we've seen, like, Ryder Cup, and I think when you won with Byron Nelson, we saw, like, some real yeah. emotion come out of I'm you. I'm not a real big fist pump guy. No, but you've <laughs> let out a couple big ones, man. The Ryder there. Cup, there was, I forget, I forget what hole it was on. You made a big putt in Medina that let one out that we hadn't seen from you but um are you so so take me back to like i don't know about today or or when you show up for a practice round for practice rounds are you a money game guy do you play tuesday money games is that something that kind of gets you in the zone for the week it's a mixed bag um just depends on how much i've been playing how many tournaments i've had in a row um usually around the majors and the big ones there's usually a little bit of a group action um, I like to try and stay competitive during the week. I think that's one of the most yeah. important things. Um, I think there's a time and place for practice and work and the mechanical side of the game, but I also think there's a time and place for being competitive. So I have a couple groups of guys. We'll get in there and mix it up. And um, Are you the same demeanor in those in those rounds as no, you are? I like to talk. Yeah, I like to talk trash a talker? Bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up playing basketball in Washington, D.C., um, so... I like to throw the smack a little bit. Do you ever play with Phil? Uh, a little bit. I used to. Um, Is it just a trash-talking duel? Yeah, more I kind of respect him too much to do it. It's kind of like the <laughs> See, younger that's guys. That's why he wins. That's why he wins. Yeah. Are, you, are you up or down money in money games? Oh, I'm the king on Tuesdays. You're I'm the king? number one in the world on Tuesdays. <laughs> no one would argue that? Uh, there's been a couple guys that beat me, but I've done pretty well on Tuesdays. Uh, usually two man ga- like four-man games, two versus two? Yeah. Or is it, yeah. yeah, me and Justin Thomas are undefeated. So. Undefeated? How many is that, Undefeated. Though? Two and up. Two and up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if we see you out with with three other people during a practice round, there's something on the line. More than likely. All More right. Than so likely. how does that get settled at the end of the round? Is it cash? Do uh, you Venmo? Always cash. Always cash. Yeah. And what if somebody doesn't have enough cash on hand? Then they get it to you whenever they get it to you. <laughs> there's, there's like a, is there an interest involved no, in that? or is we're, there, we're never You probably don't mind no. letting that hang over somebody's head. Yeah, you want to hang so you can, so you can uh, hold it over them yeah. a little bit, you know. But it's never – it's just enough that it hurts, but – not enough that it hurts if right. you know what I mean it's more for the, the probably the trash talking angle and you can you can tell people that you beat them and remind Correct. them that you beat them so um, alright so the clubs go in the trunk how different are you off the off the course I mean you, I, everyone could tell follows you on social media you're a huge sports fan Auburn fan Browns Cavs how different, how talkative are you compared to like what we see maybe on television? Um, it depends. seems different to me. Yeah, That's it why. depends on where I'm at in our relationship. Yeah. You know, If I know you pretty well, then we're going to be pretty good. Um, I'll, I'll bust on you some and we'll have good conversations and um, I'll be a good loyal friend and, and all those things. If I don't know you well, I'm pretty quiet. You know, It depends no. on the group and when I get to know people. It's easier for me to open up and be a little more trusting. Yeah. You keep a pretty tight circle then? With, yeah, yeah, pretty tight circle. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my friends that I have, um, a lot of them are golf-related, and yeah. a lot of them are from 
college and, and many tours and stuff like that. So um, it's a pretty tight circle. Um, I have a lot of casual friends, as I like to call them. <laughs> the French um, friends. Seems like more guys on the PGA Tour have casual friends <laughs> than real friends nowadays, <laughs> to be honest with you. Do you did your lifestyle change a lot from the, in the 2010-2011 era when you just moved into a completely different tax bracket? Did your, did, did your off-the-course lifestyle change at all much? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I, I think Understandably. Yeah, I would think I mean, that it would. It happens. Yeah. I mean... People like nice things, and when you can start affording nice things, yeah, there's zero judgment them. in that question. Yeah. I, would, I would be disappointed uh, if the I answer wasn't. I thought yes. I'd be one of those. Oh, I'm not going to change. I'm going to get no. Yeah, changes a little uh, bit. Changes a little bit, but it, it, a lot of it's making your life easier out here on the PGA Tour. You yeah. know, uh, flying private obviously makes your life a lot easier out here. Staying in nicer hotels, I think it all helps. Yeah, just from a overall, it's yeah, hard. Yeah. It's hard once you get to there too to go backwards too. Yeah, when you're used it's to a not certain too bad, living, but, but yeah. Um, do you, I think uh, it helps a little bit when you play too. Yeah, you, know, you feel better about yourself a little Just bit. More comfort. Um, you know, you're spending a little bit yeah. more money, so maybe you need to make a little bit more money. <laughs> a quick break to remind you guys that Callaway has been the fastest growing major golf ball brand since 2013, and the Chrome Soft has been a major part of that. Chrome Soft is extremely fast, incredibly soft, and unbelievably easy to control. This is why many of the best players in the world have changed to Chrome Soft, including Alex Norin, who fired an unbelievable 62 to win the BMW PGA Championship on Sunday. With Father's Day coming up, help Dad get better by gifting him some custom Chrome Soft golf balls. Go to CallawayGolf.com slash Father's Day to explore the full Father's Day gift guide from Callaway. Chrome Soft, it's the ball that changed the ball. Do you, uh, so I, I ask every player this question, and a guy on for, for our site, Big Randy, did this piece called the Tiger Tax, where he went in and analyzed how much money Tiger has put in the pockets of other players over mm-hmm. the course of their careers. So he estimated his impact to be around $1.2 billion for other players. So if I was to ask you, you've made about $22 million on, on course earnings in your career. How much, if you were, if Tiger were to invoice you a tax to say, mm-hmm. you owe me this much, how much would that be, do you think? Probably half, yep, I would say. That's the answer typically we get. I ain't paying him. He's, he's got plenty of money. <laughs> he's got plenty. He's I like lo- the government. He got plenty of money. I find it fascinating just to hear guys talk about their appreciation for what he's done. And even somebody like Phil that he's benefited great financially from, but from a competitive standpoint, Phil would have been the best player of the generation probably yeah. if it wasn't for Tiger. But, um, I mean, it's it's is, it, is there a, a general sense in – do you feel like things are changing out on the tour from from you know four or five years ago when he was at least a factor? Well, I think you know it's surprising to me, um, especially in the last couple of years with Tiger, about you know his health and and his state of his game and all this stuff and all this negativity that comes out about him. It's pretty surprising to me, players, media, all these people that that say these negative things and how much this guy's done yeah. for these people. You know, it's like they forget like without this dude like we're still playing for a million and a half or two million dollars an event there's no world golf events there's no eight million dollar purses this week um without him he moves the needle and i mean you can even see that with what happened this week moves the needle like people freak out right so for him to kind of play during my generation extremely fortunate right but i also think now you're starting to see a little different shift and and you're seeing these young guys and there's so many of them that are so good right um i think it's great for the game because it gives people yeah. an opportunity to root for before it was like you either like tiger or you didn't like tiger and that's 
the only golf perspective you had, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about Ernie Els, right. even though he was amazing. Nobody really talked about Phil, even though he was amazing. Everything revolved around Tiger, right? And you either liked him or you hated him. And even if you hated him, it wouldn't mean you were a Phil fan. You just want Tiger to play bad, You right? still tune in, though, when he's playing yeah. well, too, even if you disliked him. So yeah. now you have all these young guys and, and some 30-ish guys, and it gives the fans a different perspective. They can pick who they like to root for, yep. who they want to see. Um, you see events like last week with John Rahm and Jordan Spieth and throwing in Kevin Kisner. Yep. Now you got a really exciting event with a lot of different people. Um and I think it brings more to the table, um, makes it tougher to win. It's more golf fans, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tiger brought a different different group of people to the game, and it was kind of sometimes harder to talk golf or relate to golf. You know, bigger crowds come out, and it's, right. just, it's, a, it's a whole circus when he's out there. And, so I, and you get more golf-specific fans, yeah. which is good or bad. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think Tiger brought a lot of people to the game and interest, but I don't know how many of those people, like, stayed. And, right. Yeah, a lot of them invested in in the game. They probably you know say, I, mean? "I watch when Tiger's yeah, in the hunt." Yeah, he was That's interesting it. to watch and interesting to either root for yeah. or root against. But I like the where the game is now. Yeah. Um, I think there's things we could do to make the game easier to play. Um, rules perspective, rules wise, or um, just, I just think like nine hole courses. Like I grew oh, up you mean, on. You mean non PGA yeah. Tour golf? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, make it more affordable. It's a it's a expensive game. Yeah. Um, nine-hole golf courses, executive golf courses, putting courses. Even it gives people opportunity. To, oh, I played this putting course. I want to, you know, get yeah. more involved. I think um, PGA Tour players, the PGA Tour, USGA, all these entities of golf really can do a better job of figuring out how to get more people involved. Yeah. Um, how did you grow up playing the game? What was your nine-hole golf course? Nine-hole golf executive course. Public golf yeah. courses. Public in Cleveland. Um, my grandparents were members of a private club. I'd go there every once in a while. But, I mean, I grew up going to the driving range that you see in Tin Cup that barely has any grass and hitting stripers um, and playing. Uh, I remember there was a public executive course. I think it had, like, three par fours and six par threes. And I'd play that, like, two or three times a week with my dad. And then as I got better, I could go play nine holes on a regular golf course. But that's how I grew up, is playing public golf courses um, in Cleveland, um, playing in jeans and a T-shirt. Yeah. You play money, great, money games growing <laughs> no, up as a kid not, or coming up? No, not then. No. Um, I didn't get into that till I needed money. <laughs> <laughs> when, when was that? Uh, college. You know, college. A little bit in high school, but mostly in college. Who would you play money games with then? Whoever was around and had money. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to get something. (laughs) You'd get in people's pockets. I I would imagine your your steely demeanor would help you in that regard. They they wouldn't look at you and say... Yeah, they find out quick, though, when they got it. You hit a couple stripers in there? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you're always talking about Auburn football. Um, what kind of connection do you have with some of the athletes there? And maybe in your age group, older than you, younger than you, do you have relationships with some of those players? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's the cool thing about Auburn is it really feels like family to me. Um, if you're Even if you're not in the athletics, um, if you didn't play athletics there, you didn't play professional sports, everybody's really close-knit, really tight. So I'm pretty close with Charles Barkley and um, Bo Jackson and um frank thomas a little bit and cam newton a little bit and um me living there obviously yeah, helps so close. um you know the thing about uh golf is like 
I'm always an Auburn golfer. I'm always going to be tied to Auburn. It's not like I played football there. And then right. with Cam, everybody's like, oh, he's Carolina Panther now. Right, so yeah, yeah. I don't lose that, that connection, runs deep. right? Yeah. So everybody knows that I played at Auburn, that I'm part of the Auburn family. Um, so it's pretty good. We got we got some good athletes that have gone through there, some, some really good athletes. Um, we got some guys on the PGA Tour now. We've done pretty good with the golf program. We got, uh, I think, three other guys out here now. Um, that were all after me, so I'd like to think I'm helping the yeah. program with that. And um, it's fun. I love I love living in Auburn. I love being part of the university. Um, obviously, Auburn football is fantastic because I'm a big college football fan, and Gus is a golf fan, so it works That's out. Good relationship and, there. Yeah, Do really you good. are are you able to stomach playing with Barkley? I haven't played with him. He won't nah, play with him. me. No, he's he's embarrassed to play, or you don't want to play with him. He's embarrassed. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't play much. A couple times a year, I can tell. Usually charity events. Yeah. Do you what what kind of relationship do you have with him? Do you go out with him? Pretty casual. Yeah. Football games. Um, we chat on text if I'm doing well in yeah. tournaments. He's sending encouragement. Uh, I'm always making fun of him about his telecast and stuff he does. So see each other a couple times a year. Um, try to go to basketball tournaments, yeah. NCAA basketball tournaments, see him and. Do a football game or two. It's pretty casual. Everyone's got a good Barkley story. You gotta ha- you gotta have some in your arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Charles is, you know, he's he's the opposite of me. Yeah. You know, he wants everybody to know that he's in <laughs> wherever we're at. So, um, usually in Auburn, small town, right? Yeah. People don't get to see him that much. Um, we'll go out and he's so friendly that's one thing i learned from him is being more friendly yeah. with the people that come up because he's so generous with his time but it's like so, if he can handle it then yeah you can but it's it. so different like some people can handle that some people can't you've seen it you know like palmer and trevino and these guys they love that right they love that attention they like all that interaction you know and then you see other guys that just aren't as great with it. Yeah. And unfortunately, I fall into that you feel, category. You don't feel like you're great bit. with it. No, well, I, mean, I, mean, I could be better. But it's it's how your personality yeah. goes. If you don't like attention, then you're not gonna like the fame that comes. I, I mean, mean, that's, that's just part that's of why it. me and Ricky get along so well. He's great with it in yeah. practice rounds, and I just <laughs> he gets, can, he deals with it. And you just I go, can right. go right on around the other way. Do so. you feel like the attention and focus on you is different, like in 2017, than it was in 2013, or like just from a no? Not, I think it's pretty you see the same amount of war yeah. eagles and yells out there. I never have too much negativity mm-hmm. um, out there, um, which I'm kind of fortunate when I when I play with other guys. Play with Poulter. <laughs> play with Poulter a couple weeks ago, right after the players. Oh no! In Dallas, and first hole he hit a wedge about 30 feet, and guys like, "Way to play it safe, Ian!" You know, just busting them <laughs> on the first hole. You know, I never I never get that. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you get the guys here and there when you hit a bad shot that heckle you a little bit. But well, where do you stand with heckling, like something like that for Poulter? Man, do you think that's tough. part of the game, or that's that's tough? Yeah. I mean, I know that people think they buy a ticket and that gives them a right, but as a huge sports fan myself, I've never been to a sporting event and felt compelled to yell or scream yeah. at an athlete. Yeah. I don't know positive if positive or negative. Right, it's definitely for the you know? attention. You know, they do yeah. it for their friends that are standing. For me, mind. I'm there to watch the show. Right, and sometimes I like the show, and yeah. sometimes I don't like the show. Yeah, I, golf I think is different than basketball. You know, I think I do think it's part of the deal with basketball. You go to an opposing arena, like it's a away game. Expect a little bit of back yeah, and yeah. forth with some fans. Golf. It's not every event's a Ryder Cup, and right. when you know when when European players get heckled or whatnot, I. 
I don't. I'm not an Ian Poulter guy. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I don't like him getting harassed. I don't yeah. think that's. I mean, that's I fair. see it from good guy. I mean, Ricky's a great kid. Yeah. Jordan's a great kid, and they get hammered all the time. Yeah. Whether on it be course. on the course or social media or yeah. whatever, they they get drilled pretty good. Yeah. And I'm kind of lucky. Most people like me Every for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> it might be that that steely demeanor. I feel like you were you used to be really involved with social media, and you've dialed it back a little bit. Is that accurate to yeah, say? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of tired of it. A little too much, yeah. I think. You know, I'm tired of it. Uh, I had an Instagram for a while, and I just got rid of it. I'm like, why am I posting pictures? Like, who cares yeah. about this stuff, right? <laughs> like. Um, and then the, the, I mean, I can sit there and tweet about a lot of things and it's, it's just so weird what people think's important and not important right. to me. Right. You know, I'll tweet something about my foundation and what we're doing and I'll get two responses and 50 likes. And then I'll tweet something stupid that doesn't mean anything yeah. and it goes crazy. Right. So it just became like, okay, I get the use of social media. I think it's important in some ways. But it's just not something that I want to be engaging with yeah. all the time. Like, I'd find myself getting in fights with, like, 16-year-olds. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> it's It seems like no matter what you say, there's going to be people that misinterpret it or take it a wrong way. Yeah. Or jump, like, five steps ahead and say, oh, so you think this. And you feel like yeah. you have to respond to them. You have and, to defend yourself yeah. all the time. And like, like, no, I that's not what I meant. Yeah. I'm not trying to defend myself all the time. Yeah. I'm human like everybody else. I make mistakes. I do things. That some people are going to like, some people don't like. Um, But I just don't feel like I ever do anything where I need to defend myself. And I find myself doing that on Twitter. Yeah, it's easy to get sucked in. And it's a distraction at times. You know, you're out to dinner with your friends or your girl or whatever, and all of a sudden you're on your phone and, like, I'm not 25. I'm not a millennial. I don't need to be on my phone all the time, right? Um, But that's how the world is today with with media and, and how it's pushed and, what people think is important and not important, you know? Yeah. So what do you think about um, the way golf media, golf is covered from a media perspective, uh, just overall? Yeah, I think um, I think it could be better, to yeah. be honest with you. I think, and it's not really the journalists and the media's fault. It's what the people want, right? So what sells? Yeah. What is pushed? Um People, they people, people What's posting important? wives yeah. and girlfriend posts because yeah. people click on it. Exactly. So, it's, so like, it, it turns in. I mean, that's another thing that I got off social media. It's like anytime I post something, it's like all these outlets grab it and then throw it and then show it like it's theirs. Aggregation. You know, and it just, I hate it. it. I hate it. It gets, it gets like I can't do anything right. without you know people stealing it. So. And I think it's not just golf media; it's media in general. Yeah. You look a lot around. Uh, the world and like I'm not the biggest Trump fan but when he says fake news like that's a real thing like it happens all the time like more than half the stuff that the media has put out there about me is incorrect it's not true no I'm even reaching out for you for a comment or anything to verify it like there's no verification look what happened yesterday yeah you know guy gets rung up everybody starts writing their editorials it's all editorial it's all opinion based um, and there's some guys out here, I think, that do a good job. They try to, you know, be a journalist. But the whole just editorial, like, opinion. And then what happens is, is they push it like they, it's fact. Yeah, they mix opinion right? and fact and don't differentiate. So then Joe Blow, golf fan, reads it and goes, well, this guy said it. 
So it must be true. So then they think it's true. Like, everybody thinks I'm a huge drinker. Or that I don't care about things. Or that I just... There's all these misconceptions yeah. about me. And nobody's ever talked to me about it. <laughs> no one even right? asked. No. It's just like... Well, What's the biggest misconception then? One of those uh, things you just named or... Yeah, the drinking part. Drinking. Like, I literally don't drink alcohol. Not at all. Maybe two or three times a year. <laughs> and usually... I probably had... What who, is it? June? Who outed you? Or who, who was claiming that you were a drinker? Just I don't people know, on social media? Claimed, or, yeah, yeah, social media okay. and perception and... <laughs> whatever like like i'm like you know i walk on saturdays they're like well what are saturdays for and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about dude like you know let's go crush some beers after the round i'm like no dude i don't crush beers like i don't know what you're talking about i mean it's june and i've probably had maybe five beers and ten glasses of wine i don't know if it's if it's the dip or i don't know what what people make you think that but uh uh, you know and, and like just the whole like i don't care and i'm flatlined and all this stuff like nobody's ever asked me what i'm thinking on the golf course Hmm. you know what i mean yeah and it's just all pushed and then okay well this is how jason is well what would so what of all those what is the thing that you would want clarified the most or or turned around the most you know is it the uh, is it the 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 flatline thing or yeah i mean the flatline thing it doesn't bother me because I think it's a good thing on the golf course. It is, yeah. For you, that's but what you found that works for you. People come off, or it comes off as like I'm aloof, or that I'm not intelligent, yeah. or that I'm some country right. dummy from Alabama, right? Yeah. And that's just not the case. Like, I study a lot of things about the game. I love reading. Well, um, I'm always trying to improve myself. You sound like a golf nut. You said you're not a golf nut. That's, well, not I mean, it's playing. your profession. Yeah. yeah, but I'm trying to do things to be good at it, yeah. to be successful, right? Um, you know, I read a lot of different things, how to be better professionally, but also how to be a better person yeah. personally, how to relate with people better, how to handle what I talked about with me being uncomfortable with fans. Yeah. Um, hmm. You know, and I and I read a lot of stuff, and I feel like I'm fairly more intelligent than I'm portrayed. <laughs> what kind of stuff do you read? Um, I read a lot of news. I read a lot of um, science stuff, physics stuff. I read a lot of psychology stuff. Um, probably read a book a week almost. Really? At least two a month. Just on the planes or yep. just wherever you're at? Just I mean, I'm always downtime. on my phone reading information. Anything I can find that makes life interesting, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. What's something? What would you say you're, is something you're most proud of in your career so far? Um, probably my foundation. Foundation. What? What is for the people that don't know about your foundation? What's so the, I have a foundation that? in Alabama. Um, we feed about 1,200 kids every weekend, um, and then another 900 during the summer. So, for me to use the platform of what I've done in golf and give back, make a difference in people's lives that I see when I'm at home that this is making a difference. That's what I'm most proud of. Um, all the golf stuff's nice, and it's dreams that I'm getting to live out, and that's great. Um, but if you took all that away from me, I, 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 if you took everything away from me, the foundation would be the hardest thing for me to wow. take. Wow, okay, very nice. Did you feel like the the, the Duffnering thing got a little overblown? Did that get 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 yeah, past yeah. funny and too annoying to you? Like, <laughs> move on. Move people. on with life, man. Like, it was funny for like a day. Yeah, it, I mean, we could take pictures of people doing stuff all the time, yeah. you know? Um, 
They probably went on too far. It got me a little bit of notoriety. Yeah, I got you. Probably not notoriety you, you want. <laughs> I mean, there's. I'd go to golf tournaments and there's like 50 year old guys <laughs> duffnering. duffnering in the. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, okay, cool. Hey, cool. <laughs> like, you're that's, 50, get off the ground. That's the cry for attention that we were talking about. <clears throat> yeah. Um, how did your friendship with Keegan Bradley come about? Because I, I, if I remember right, like in 2011, you guys were in the playoff of the PGA. You weren't necessarily friends at that point. Is that right? Yeah, I think yep. just through golf. Yeah. You know, um, after him winning. Uh, I won some events the next year, so we got paired together some, and um, we played a little bit together, and I'd always give him, you know, a little bit of grief about him beating me and how he shouldn't have won and all that stuff that happened on the last couple holes. Yeah. so damn lucky. You know, I'm always needling people like that. <laughs> it still that. gets to you, I can tell. Yeah, I mean, bit. that putt should have gone in the water, but anyways... <laughs> Um, you know, and and from there it just grew and um playing together you, you become friends. Yeah. I mean a lot of my good friends um are out here because of golf, right? So um then we played on Ryder Cup teams and President's Cup teams and he started working with my coach so I got to know him through that. Yeah. What uh is the Ryder Cup was it as transformative of an experience as a lot of players say it is for you? Was it? I mean, it's like you mentioned earlier, it's a different type yeah. of emotion. You know, at the time, I thought it was. Yep. And it, and I don't want people to take this wrong because it's a tremendous experience. It's unbelievable um, from the standpoint of you get to be part of a team, which we never get to right. do, right? So being part of that team and one of the 12 best in in the, in the country to represent the United States, um, amazing experience even though we lost. And I thought it meant so much to be on that team and I wanted to be on the team again. And Now two Ryder Cups have gone by and I haven't been part of them, but I didn't really miss it. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's a great experience. I think being part of the team is awesome. I think winning or losing is an awesome experience as a professional but personally for me when i missed it i was like oh well i'm not part of the team it's hard to be part of hope the guys do well yeah you was, know you weren't emotionally invested no. in the team success when i you didn't even watch no. uh the one that was in europe i was on vacation <laughs> and then uh, last year i mean i think i watched uh sunday a little bit but it was good to i don't watch. watch a lot of golf no. either not a golf nut. Uh, I, would, I, I mean, everything it's 50-50. I, when, everything I do for me that relates to golf is so that I can be as good as I can be right. and, and be a professional. Yep. What's uh, what's a shot, that you a mulligan that you'd love to have on one shot you've hit in your career? Hmm. One that sticks out the most? That's a good question. Nobody's ever asked no? me that question before. Um, take me a minute to think about it it's probably um my second shot at the pga in 11 on um 16 yeah is that you make you make double i made bogey or bogey on the um it was a long par four uh the pin was in a good spot and um i felt like five iron was gonna be too much club but i still hit it and i kind of kind of whiffed it a little bit lost it to the right couldn't and that was the stroke I needed, you know. 17, I three-putted. But I didn't feel bad about that because I did the best I could. Right. The situation was extreme. But I felt like I could have done better. Um, I probably should have hit a six-iron. 
and might have made a par and then had a little bit more cushion coming in. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of mulligans we want. Over, I know. You know yeah, I just always comes. curious. It's funny, too, because you think about it and you wonder if you'd won the PGA in 2011 – your your career plays out differently. Things yeah. do you win in twenty thirteen? Obviously, Maybe it's not. a total hypothetical yeah. question. And but. I'll be honest, a lot of the tournaments that I've won or I've been close to winning, I feel like I've performed really well. It's just somebody else beat me. Yeah, I mean that PGA is the only one um, that I can think of that I was like, man, I wish I would have done something different. Right. You know, and, yeah. Zach, and I've almost won the Colonial twice, but both times Zach and Adam Scott Adam's played coming. amazing. I lost to Mark Wilson in the playoff at Phoenix. He made a a 30-footer in the playoff hole. Um, Do you think too much emphasis is put on winning and how, you know, if you you don't come through at the very end and, let's say, birdie the 72nd hole and you finish in second, that's almost seen as – I feel like sometimes that gets more attention than somebody who finished 10th. And do you feel like there's too much emphasis on winning on the tour? Um, I don't know if there's too much attention because that's what we're trying to do. But – I don't think people really have a full grasp of what separates winning and even finishing 15th. Yeah. Right? Like, that's... What is it to you? What is the, the difference? I mean, it's... Minimal. Yeah. It's, it's the, the range is hairs. so small. It's literally splitting hairs. Um, in my opinion, when I play, I feel like if I'm within six shots of the lead, I had a pretty good week. Yeah. You know, I'm doing a lot of things really well. Six shots is one and a half shots around. That's, you know, I could have hit it on the green instead of being in the bunker and made par and made this four-footer and, you know, all these little things add up. And that, that's a small margin. So, it, And it, it's so competitive out here. I mean, there's 100 guys every week. and There's 100 guys in this field this week, maybe 115 with this field, that legitimately could win on Sunday. Right. I mean, so that's why I feel... If, if if you're a PGA Tour fan, you know pick a guy to follow and really follow the results week to week because yeah. it feels like Matt Kuchar's in the top ten every week and he's not. Like some yeah. weekends he misses the cut, some yeah. weekends you miss the cut, and to really follow one guy to see what you know if they're, if you're not in the top ten on the leaderboard, you might not be in the viewers' thoughts for that yeah. day, but you don't realize how many times you uh, yeah. fell outside the top twenty five to make you appreciate those top tens. Yeah, so. the margins are tight out here. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, you know, how many multiple winners were there last year? Five or six? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's and not that many guys One that of them was Spieth, it. and people were saying that was a bad year, yeah. and he won Spieth twice. and Dustin yeah. and, and Jason Day. And the guys that win two, three, or sometimes four times, yep. they're usually, like, top players in top the world. Players yeah. in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it goes. Like, it's hard out here. Like, yeah. people can't comprehend, like, I'm trying to be the best in the world at what I do. Not just like the best in my city or right. my state or my region or That's why when my you country. finish fifth, it's not a bad no, thing at fifth all. Fifth is like I was the fifth best player in the world in this the world. week. In the whole world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no respect, disrespect to the other tours, but this is the best tour in of the course, world. Of course, yeah. And sometimes the fields in Europe are, are very strong. Yep. But um, most of the time, if you're playing the PGA Tour, wherever you finish in that event... Yep. That's how good you were right. in the world that week, and, <laughs> and like that's hard for people to yep. wrap their head around. Yep, uh, that's what that. My point of the question was: I feel like there's too much attitude, just in maybe a golf fans of win or bust, and yeah. it doesn't matter what you finished if you don't win. And I get it. Guys get a knock for you know only having a certain amount of I wins. I get it, but yeah. only one guy can win. And it's, that's that's what's amazing. And second base, pretty good. Yeah. All right, a few <laughs> more, and I'll let you get out of here. But uh, on the opposite of the mulligan shot, what's a highlight or shot that you would want people to remember you by? Like if there was. 
like a plaque that just had one shot on replay that you had to pick from your career? Probably the one um, last year at the career builder. Yeah, there is a plaque. There, oh, for the uh, the chip <laughs> on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, out of the rocks. Um, Almost hold it. Right place, right time, right situation. Um, doesn't happen very often for us, yeah. but it did for me. So yeah. I'll always remember that. Um, kind of getting back on the map with some wins. Did that win? And I know it's probably hard to differentiate your wins, but did that getting back to the winner's circle two and a half years probably since you had won, did that one mean more than maybe some of your wins coming up? Yeah, or? definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, the first the first win was the hardest. Right. It took the longest, right? Um, and I would put the, the one last year right up there with the PGA. Yeah. Um, just because I didn't know where my career was going. Right. I had a couple down years. I wasn't really motivated. Um wasn't really engaged um to be playing golf for a couple of years there and and you know there's always thoughts in your mind is this it right is this how it's gonna end um do i have it in me to do this anymore and and it was nice to put in some hard work for for six months or so and then get back in the winner's circle great what uh, what's a standard swing thought you have standing over the ball right now, and does that change from week to week, or what do you, what are you thinking right now when you're about to hit a shot? Um, standard is, is keeping my left elbow tight. Left elbow tight. Um, on my downswing impact, mostly from hip to hip. Trying you do to the towel. Have I seen you do the yeah, towel drill a lot? Yeah, the towel drill. So the keeping arm. keeping my left elbow tight ensures that the handle of the club is tight and and not. Uh, into out would be the proper golf terminology yeah. <laughs> uh right now i'm working on staying centered in my backswing for some reason um in dallas and colonial i got in a real bad habit of drifting in my backswing so my head would actually move towards my right foot so right now i'm trying to keep my head my head centered almost stacking tiltish i don't really want to say i'm stacking <laughs> tilt say, guy you want to admit um, to that <laughs> but for me when we look at video of me swinging my best and playing my best, yeah. I kind of stay centered. So You can uh, tell. I mean, that's what I was wondering about you guys because to us, all of your swings look the same. You can tell yeah. by watching video just the smallest yeah, little so changes. Yeah, so I've got four or five videos from 12 and 13. Just um, saved on your phone that you yeah, keep, keep that, close. Yeah, that is kind of the model. Yeah. Right? And when things go awry, take video and compare. Hmm. Um, and, and last week, Dallas, I played good, I finished good, but I didn't hit it well, and then last week really caught up with me, so went home and got on the computer and loaded those up and saw a big difference. My head was moving four or five inches, Um, you know, and that goes back to splitting hairs. Yeah. Four or five inches is huge for us. Usually it's, you know, one or two inches. Yeah, that's a lot. So right now, trying to stay centered, but um, always trying to keep that left elbow, that left arm connected and tight. What's the worst shot you've ever hit? Oh, I've had a lot of shanks out there. You've had some shanks? Yeah, I don't I've think they've they gotten televised. No. I can't remember any. I was, that was back when I was playing back. That <laughs> you weren't on TV yeah, yet? Yeah, I think uh, one year I played the Web Dot. It used to be, I think it was the Buy.com when I played it. But uh, we were playing Greenville, the, the celebrity event. Mm-hmm. I birdied five of the first six holes to tie for the lead. And shanked it right into a guy's house <laughs> and uh told my caddy well that's the end of that and you know the next the toughest shot in golf is the shot after oh, yeah shank. yeah because you have no idea what's gonna happen and uh 
so yeah i've had some shanks that have been pretty bad um i had a couple fat shots i've hit some fat shots that just lay the side over it and you're just it happens yeah you don't even know where it came from no even to the best all right last one if there's anything what would you what would you change about the pga tour if you could it could be at any level or what's something that it can be you know ban white belts it can be (laughs) anything all the way to the top I would say as a whole, PGA Tour is, is, is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and this won't be favorable to a lot of people, but um, I think the 125 number is, is way too high for, yeah. for fully exempt. And it actually creates some issues, I think, for us as far as availability for some of the younger guys coming off the web dot and um, out of the, the nationwide qualifying series mm-hmm. or, or i don't know exact name yep. for it you mean so you mean the guys 125 to retain your card yeah that's too i think many that people. number is too high i yeah. think if we if we went to 100 it would open up some things light a little fire because i mean yeah like light, so those web fire. those web grads they can't get into yeah. all the events they and, want to and i mean the guy who's finishing last this year is probably getting 15 16 events that's not really a fair shake right it's to tough try to keep, and keep yeah. your card yeah it's real tough so i think if we took that number reduced it to 100 there'd be some more playing opportunities for some of the younger guys. Um, you know, there's about 175, 180 guys full-time out here, and if you only have to beat about 50 or 55 of them to keep your job, yeah. not saying that it's not competitive, right. but the numbers are probably, in your favor. Yeah, exactly. Right? Probably, I don't so want to say don't deserve it. That but probably yeah. won't be very popular amongst my peers, but... It might be. I'm, I've I, been I, on both sides of it, too, though. It might be... Uh, pop, it will be popular amongst the younger guys, too, yeah. that are coming up. So And I, I think it would give that. us a better a better numbers for guys getting access to events. Yep. Yeah, I think if I... I won't put the words in your mouth, but trimming the fat at the bottom could be, could be a positive thing, I think, for the tour. A little but, bit. Yeah, could be. All right, I'll let you get out of here on that. That was awesome. Duff, thank you for the time. Best of luck this week, and I uh, hope to do it again sometime. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect.